0: Hello and welcome to the Enjoy Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope this message empowers, equips, and helps you become everything God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Great to see all of you out to church today. The uh, service has been wonderful so far, and it's my honor, privilege to be here. The uh, announcement this morning, about uh, Shane and Georgie taking a little time off. I've been coming to Australia for, wow, four decades. My wife's Australian, she's over there. We've been married 47 years. I heard about Shane and Georgie from different places. I did a lot of different conferences in Australia. And whenever their name came up, there was such respect for Shane and Georgie and the work that they were doing here in the western suburbs. We actually hadn't had a chance to meet, but our, our lives were like crossing each other all the time, and we knew each other other than personal meeting. I have uh, utmost respect. For Shane and for Georgie, I can tell you right now, they're a cut above when it comes to pastors. They're not the normal. They're a cut above. <clears throat> they are gifted, uh, integrity, heart, passion, fun, people of uh, stature when it comes to wisdom. The church they have built out here and the campuses speak for that. And so I'm just a big fan of your pastors and respect them so much. As I travel, I meet a a lot, a lot of leaders. And uh, what I see here in, in Joy Church and at the summit, I would say is a rich river flowing in this place. And a lot of great things have happened. A lot of lives have been changed. Your life has been changed. Your family's been changed. Your future has been changed because this church is here. So I honor them for taking a sabbatical. I honor them because they recognize that when you get to that place where you're just a little beyond tired, you take time to refuel. In the New Testament, Jesus When a woman touched the hem of his garment for healing, Jesus says to the disciples and to her, something has gone out for me. Virtue has left me, is what he says. It takes a lot of virtue to be a leader. And virtue leaves you all the time. Every Sunday, every sermon, every counseling. Every contact with a person, you're, you're pouring out. You're, you're not just thinking about greeting someone. You're thinking about helping them and who are you and where are you from and how can I pray for you and, you know, your virtue, you're a virtue person. That's a Jesus leader, and your leaders are that way. And so I honor them highly today for what they're doing. And I believe that they will return in due season. I don't believe it will be a very long time. Give them space to take the time they need. And when they return, it might be hard to believe, but Shane could even be more energetic. (laughs) He might be more passionate. He might be filled with more vision. And him and his precious wife, who's a beautiful woman of God, uh, will lead you into a remarkable future. Uh, This is a divine stop but it's a remarkable future. So I say to Shane and Georgie, I love you. I believe in you. I respect you. I honor you. And this is your time to come aside and get the virtue of God refueled in your life. So my privilege to be here when Shane invited me, it was kind of almost an accident that I'm here. But it's, divine sovereignty in, in a way and so when we finally did connect i said i think i can i think i would uh, let's try to work it out and uh, over a period of time we worked it out and here i am at the uh, enjoy summit which i i thoroughly enjoyed i enjoyed i like your church's name enjoy because you you enjoy everything enjoy coffee enjoy driving enjoy city and, and <laughs> Enjoy singing, enjoy each other, enjoy, 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 enjoy. Enjoy God and enjoy the Holy Spirit, enjoy the Bible. It's it's a great name. It's a great name. Why did I not think of that name for my church, you know? What a great name. It just takes in everything. So this morning, I want to take advantage of my time. Uh, This will be my last session with you, and then we're on our way to a few days to spend with. Uh, Sharon's brother and her family who live here in Melbourne, then I'm on my way to Sydney to preach, 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 and uh, then to go home and preach, 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 and so uh, that's my light. that's our life, that's what we do, but I'm, I'm just so uh, honored to be here, and I want to put something into you today, now, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, how I'm going to speak this and teach this and preach this, you will get from right out of the gate, as soon as I give you the title, you 'll get it it's not rocket science you 'll get the title. And I want you to think of this as a word from me to you, not from me to them, but from me to you I 'm speaking to you individually. And every person here, if you first time to enjoy church, enjoy yourself at Enjoy Church today, and I, I'm so glad you're here uh i wish that you didn't have to listen to an american preacher but it could be worse uh and so thank you for coming thank you for being here if you're brand new and you're seeking after god i have something to say to you if you're a prodigal returning and kind of getting back toward leaning in i'm talking to you if you're in a situation where you need and this is the title of my message if you want to take it down and take notes fine if you don't that's fine Expecting supernatural turnarounds. Expecting supernatural turnarounds. Expecting supernatural turnarounds. Every person can have what I'm talking about today. A turning, a turnaround, a shifting, a new door, something that shifts toward your future and toward your life. You can have that. And so we're talking about something that will affect you personally. Every one of you are in a different place today. Some of you are sitting there on top of the mountain, and, and you're just excited about everything in life. We're two people down. There could be a person depressed, discouraged, beat up. They drugged themselves out to church today. They put a smile on their face by faith, and they're here. But life's not good to them right now. It's hard. Yeah, they're under it financially, physically. They're under it in some other way, the 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 circumstances they find themselves in are surprising and complicated and they don't quite how to get out of it. And so everybody's at a different place. Every marriage that is sitting here is at a different place. Some of you are just on, again, doing very well. Some of you might be struggling in your marriage, embarrassed to say so, embarrassed to ask for help. But your marriage is kind of going through some stretching and some struggles and, you know, some seasons of challenges. I have a word for you. I have a encouragement for you and your marriage and your business and your life and your future, because God is the God of turnarounds. He is the God who can do things that you can't do for yourself. And that's what we're talking about today. Supernatural God, supernatural turnaround. So I recognize that in life, God gives natural turnaround. So you might uh, get uh, a promotion and job because you're just working so hard and everything, and it's, and it's a, it's a turning, a shifting because it's in the natural realm. I realize doctors and counselors and friends and people can have a great hand in your life to give you a natural turnaround, a natural step up, a shift toward the right thing. But we're talking about supernatural, supernatural, and supra natural, above the natural, through the natural. We're talking about. Everything above the earth and in the heavens. We're talking about supernatural God. Now, my definition here, supernatural God. Our God exists outside, outside of the natural realm. So even though we live in the natural realm... God is not bound by it. He created it, but he does not live only in the natural realm, just like you and I should not live only in the natural realm. And so God exists outside of the natural realm, and he is above, and he's beyond the human realm. So the natural realm and the human realm, God is not limited by. Da, we know that, but I need to say it. God's not limited by your natural realm, struggles and, and reasonings and everything else, or your human realm, He's not limited by those things. He is far above that and works beyond that. He's a turnaround God with turnaround power because he works from a realm that is different than you and I. He is God. He does things differently because that is his realm. And every time you touch that realm in worship, in prayer, in reading the Word, and you get quickened, and something happens to your heart and your spirit and your mind, and you get lifted into the supernatural realm of God where all things are possible in that realm. It's the realm where God can do anything. It's the realm that you know It's the God can realm. It's the realm where all Things are possible. And sometimes we live so hunched over in the natural, the human, the circumstance, all the stuff around us, that we forget that we serve God Almighty. We serve God Superior. We serve a God who is not tied to the circumstance, not tied to things we're tied to. And so we realize that we can have a supernatural turn in our life, our worldview, how we see everything. Our worldview as believers is centered in the Word of God. We believe the Word of God. God created heaven and earth. God took what he needed, created the elements, threw them out, the dust, threw them out to the universe, created stars, threw them in the place, threw the moon, started one galaxy, wasn't satisfied, did a hundred million other galaxies. He has all these stars you can't even know, they're in the billions, and the more the scientists discover the universe, the bigger it is. So when God saw the universe the way he was creating, and he wasn't satisfied with the size of it, he just pushed it out another hundred billion stars, or another hundred billion miles, so that... We could experience the universe of God. As believers, we believe in a big God, not a small God. We believe in a God that creates and he makes things out of nothing. He makes things out of nothing. He doesn't need things to make things. He makes things out of nothing. Ha! He just breathed the invisible air and something happens. He's the God of the realm that we wanna get into. Nothing. Everyone shout, nothing. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. So I'm reminded, I'm sitting in my circumstance, I need to turn around, nothing is too hard for the Lord. The word Yahweh, or the word Jehovah, the unpronounceable Hebrew word, that's only four letters in the Hebrew, is unpronounceable, so they created Yahweh, and created it so we could say it in English, In the Hebrew, they weren't allowed to say, it was too sacred of a name, and so they had to... Uh, put it into words that we could understand. So we came up with Yahweh and Jehovah. Yahweh simply means this. I'll be all that you need when the occasion arises. I'll be everything you need when you need it. I won't be there before. I will be on time. And you might think I'm a little late. But I am the God, has everything you need. And as you need it, I will provide it for you. He's unlimited in power Unlimited in resource. He's almighty God. He's El Shaddai. He's Jehovah. He's Yahweh. He's the God I serve. And he's the God that's taking care of me. And he's the God that can create things out of nothing. And if I'm a nothing, I'm on good ground this morning. Because God can still use. God can create. So I'm in the realm of God. Supernatural intervention. What is that? When God steps into my world, His footprint's pretty big, changing the course of events, which He does, with an outcome of His choosing, absolutely, and making that positions me for a supernatural turnaround. So God steps into my world, into my life, into my circumstance. He comes between. He he appears suddenly. He steps in powerfully. He interrupts my life. He interrupts my circumstances. And I have what you call a defining moment where God comes in and steps in, steps between me and that problem, me and that physical thing, me and that challenge. He steps in between and he says now I'm going to be the God of the supernatural for you Frank. Even though it's going this way and people are saying these things and you find yourself in this circumstance just remember that I'm the God that turns things around and there's nothing too hard for me to turn around. I am the Lord God where there is nothing too hard. I want you to keep this in mind Frank that I am the God of impossibility. You need to keep saying it. You need to keep praying it. In your darkness, in your confusion, in everything around you that says, no, it can't work. No, it's not going to work. No, I can't break this habit. No, I can't get this thing right. I just want to remind you that I'm not the God of no. I'm the God of yes. Yes, I can change that. Yes, I can break in. Yes, I can be with you. I'm the God who can do anything. So I have a defining moment a supernatural intervention moment. Salvation is certainly that. But beyond salvation, there comes all these other subsequent related occurrences in our life. We would call them tipping points. Where God comes into our life, tips a certain direction. We would call them pivotal, critical points in life. You don't even know you're coming to an intersection. You don't even know how that critical intersection is going to affect you. You don't know how small decisions have big outcomes. You don't know that you seem to be casually going through a relationship and making decisions, but it's not casual. God is intervening. God is working. God is doing something. God is bringing things together. God is working behind the scenes, and you have a critical point where the scale is tipped. And something starts a momentum in your life. And in that momentum, you get a God moment. And sometimes it'll happen during worship or prayer where you just get overwhelmed with God. Maybe you cry. Maybe you laugh. Maybe you fall on your face. You can't describe the emotion to another person sometimes. But it's a moment where God comes in and says, I'm working. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm working in the darkness. I'm working where you can't see me. Don't be discouraged with what you see. I'm the God who's for you. I'm the God who is turning things around. I am the God who is right now putting my hand on your life, on your family, on your marriage, on your work, on your job. I am working for you. Frank, don't worry about what you don't see. Just believe that I am the God that's working for you. And with that, you could be worshiping and just fall down and weep you could clap. You could do other things. But it's a defining moment where you realize I live so much in the natural. I forget that I serve a supernatural God. And there's nothing that he can't do. Nothing. He can heal. He's the God of miracles. He's the God who can extend life. He's the God who can take a marriage that has no hope whatsoever and in a twinkling of an eye, turn it around. You say, how in the world did that happen? I counseled and counseled. Nothing happened. All of a sudden, God comes in. God turns it around. Tears are shed. Lives are saved because we serve that God of supernatural turnarounds. Can I hear a big amen out there? How many, how many of you have faced really, really, really difficult, hard crises in your life? Let me see your hands. How many of you have faced things where you have said, why God, why me? I have. Why God, why me? reason I'm in this chair speaking, instead of walking all over like I did for 40 years, I had cancer. I went through cancer eight years ago. And the prognosis was not good. It was a horrible valley. And I I would say to God, why me? Why now? I'm at the peak of my ministry. The church is the best it's ever been. They need me. I know a lot of people that have no impact on life at all. Why can't you go pick on them? (laughs) I have fruit. I have a reason to live and help people. Why me? And, of course, God immediately opened the heavens and started to explain himself. Nope. God was just kind of leaning and saying, keep talking, Frank. I'm working, but you don't see it. I'm doing something you don't know it. I am the God behind the scenes, like it is most of the time. And so, God appears to us sometimes after the crisis, not during. And sometimes we're in the wilderness, He doesn't always come to the wilderness. It's when we come out of the wilderness. And sometimes, are you ready for this? Sometimes God never explains Himself, He leaves you until eternity. And God says, we have a long time to talk about that, Frank. We'll have, you know, I'll take 100 years if you want. We can talk about it as long as you want. But right now on planet Earth, I just want you to say yay and amen. God is faithful. God is good. I don't know what he's doing. I do would like to know, but he's not talking to me about that. I'm not blaming him. I'm not putting my fist in the air. I'm just saying, God, if you don't want to talk to me, it's fine with me. But really, in my heart of heart, it's not fine with me. But I do surrender to this situation. And God brings in things that positions you for a pivotal turnaround. How many of you in the room today would be in a situation where you need? A specific turnaround in some area of life, finance, marriage, relationship, whatever. But you're at a place where you need a turnaround. Let me see your hands. Good. God will help you. God is going to give you faith for the impossible realm. And God is going to speak to you today because you've been so grasping the circumstance that you have got yourself into a hole and God's going to dig you out of that hole in the spirit realm and by the end of this service, you're going to stand up and you're going to shout out, God is for me and he's working on my behalf. Here's my definition of a turnaround. Supernatural turnaround is a divine encounter where God reverses my circumstance, turns the negative into positive, shifts my thoughts into life, and toward a new direction. Yeah, everybody got that down? <laughs> a supernatural turnaround is a divine encounter where God, is it possible, is it biblical, that I could use the word reverse, where God reverses my circumstances? Reverses. Only God can actually reverse a circumstance. Man cannot. Humans cannot. But God can. And reverse what was going so bad and just turn it back. How many of you today, right now, right now, would say, I have faith for a divine reverse. I would like some reverses. Okay? Circumstances turning the negative into positive. Does God do that? Yes. God takes negative things and makes them positive. Man can't do that. God makes all things work together after the counsel of his own goodwill to those who love the Lord. Romans 8.28 God is the only person who can put the car in reverse... And gain everything you need and want to have and restore and make better. Even though you missed the decision, you made a bad decision, things did not turn out the way you wanted. It was your fault. You're a sinner, you're hard-headed, you're hard-hearted, you didn't follow the counsel, you did it yourself, and you know it, and you're guilty, and you feel shame, and you look at that, but there is a God in heaven that can actually take and reverse that bad thing that you did, that bad decision that you did, and back it all the way up so that it's actually better at the end of his reverse than it was when you tried to do it in the first place. God is able to reverse the irreversible. I take it. A complete change from a bad situation to an opportunity. I take it. New direction in my life. I take it. I want it. I'm believing that for you right now. Now, Zephaniah 3.9, going to give you a few scriptures. Take these down, meditate on them, think about them. Zephaniah 3.9, just notice my title word, turn. Zephaniah 3.9. In the end, I will turn things around for the people. I'm going to say to you with full faith, your situation is not over yet. What has happened is not over yet. Your life is not over yet. The dreams you thought you missed, your life is not over yet. The things that you thought you were going to do and you never got to do, and now you're later in life and you're looking back, I'm telling you right now, your life is not over yet. And in the end, God gives us a promise to say, I will turn things around. I will turn things around that you forgot about that I could turn around. Joseph in prison, you know, in the pit, the prison, Potiphar's house and the whole story of Joseph and his brothers threw him in the pit. And then he gets to prison and Butler and the baker forgets who he is even after he interprets the dreams for them. And, and then he finally gets to Potiphar's house and then the, the wife throws a curveball and says that he tried to seduce her. And so it just goes on and on. It, it's like... It's like Joseph goes from one bad thing to another bad thing, and he's innocent. He's innocent. He's not done anything to the brothers. He's not done anything to Potiphar. He's not done anything to anybody. He's a man of integrity, but everything keeps going the wrong way for this guy. But there comes a time in the end, I will turn things around for you, and all that has happened will be used for that turning point. I will turn things around for you, the people. Satan's grip that's tried to destroy you is going to be broken. Cricket places made straight. Things that you have no power to change. One touch of God. And Joseph is all of a sudden the prime minister of Egypt. So, All of a sudden, he's not just turned around to be restored to his brothers. He's the richest man in Egypt. He's got more servants than anybody but Potiphar. He's got more wealth than anybody but the king. And the king said, I'll give you half the kingdom and more if you will make this dream work. And Joseph said, I can do that. And so his turning around. And when the brothers come to see him and he disguised himself, they hadn't seen him for almost 15 years and he disguised himself and he didn't talk their language, but he could listen to them talking because they were in trouble and they were in famine. And finally, Joseph said to the servants, everybody leave, leave the room. And the brothers were standing there and Joseph in their language, says to them, I am Joseph, the brother you threw in the pit. And it says they were filled with fear and fell on the floor and began to weep. And Joseph says, don't be filled with fear. Because you see, God sent me here, not you. Don't you understand that what you did was in the supernatural realm, part of the process and the purpose for me to be in a place now that I can provide for me and my family and my brothers. It was all a God plan. It was all a God strategy. You can't see that kind of a strategy when God is working it out because you don't know what is going on with Joseph. God is first making the person before he makes the position. And so God was doing something in Joseph where he was a broken man but a healed man. He was a soft-hearted man with wisdom. And he said to the brothers, I will not harm you. And then he says, is the youngest son still alive? They said, yeah, he's, he's alive, Joseph. How dad? He's pretty old, broken-hearted, ever since... We lied to him that we threw you in the pit. We told him wild animals ate you up. He's never been the same. He walked with an emotional limp. He's not excited about life. You were the son that he was pleased with. We took that from him. And it says that Joseph sent carts of food. This is famine. Back to Jacob. So the brothers had all these carts of food. And then they said to Jacob, Jacob, brace yourself. Joseph is alive. And Jacob says, do not do this to me. They said, no, dad, he's he's alive. Look at the carts that he sent for you. And it says that Joseph, or Jacob's heart stopped. He could not believe that God had turned that man's life around to the point and the brother said, he's, he's prime minister of Egypt. Your son, your son, who has suffered all these years, just let it be known. Every piece of your pain will be used for purpose. Every piece of your brokenness will be used to heal other people. Every piece of the process will be used for you to be a man or woman of integrity who can handle power or authority or anything else because you've been broken inside. In the end, I'll turn things around. How about this one? Jeremiah 31, 13. I'll turn their mourning into joy. The tide will turn. You might think you'll never laugh again. You're going to laugh. You're going to laugh so much, people are going to call you laughter. They say, you laugh all the time. Why do you laugh so much? Because so much has happened. God is so good. If I could explain to you everything that's happened to me, you could not even believe what has happened to me. And I'm so happy. I'm happy with everything. I'm happy just to be alive. I'm happy just to be in the house of God. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than anywhere else. I'm just happy to be here. I'm full of joy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I was saved. I was delivered. God turned me around. And now my mourning turned to joy. Psalms 126, one. when the Lord turned again. Sometimes we need the again. More than one turnaround. And then Proverbs 13, verse 1. What a great scripture for you to memorize and paste all over your car and your business. Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick, broken, broken down. Unrelenting, Never stopping. Just disappointment after disappointment. It's like you get through one thing and then something else knocks. You get through that and something else comes. And you start thinking, I I don't know if I made God mad. I don't know if I'm sowing bad seed. I don't know what's going on. But I've gone from one disappointment to another disappointment. And I, I just don't know what to think about this. But it says in Proverbs, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Look at me and let me prophesy over you as if you and I were the only two people in the room and we're sitting knee to knee and you're saying to me, Frank, it's horrible. My life's been horrible. I don't know what to do. Nothing is working out. I've had so many disappointments. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to expect anything good. I'm afraid to actually pray the prayer that God would bring something good to my life because there's been so many not good things coming my way and I don't understand it. And then I would turn to Proverbs thirteen twelve, and I would say to you, listen, God's not against you. God is for you. God is working in your life right now. I know you can't see it. I know your heart's broken. I know you're discouraged, but you got to believe me. You got to believe the word of God right now. God's for you. God is working on your behalf. He's working in the dark. And I want to say to you, and I, I just want to lay hands on you and prophesy over you. That is a quicken word of God over your life. And I want to say to you, there's, there's coming to your lives some, some sudden good breaks are on their way into your life. Right now, some sudden good breaks are coming your way. And I'm the person to lift your faith and open your door again and put a smile on your face and say, Frank, don't lie to me. I'm not lying to you. I'm reading the Bible. You're a God child. And I'm telling you right now, it won't stay the way it is in the end. God will turn it around. And I'm saying to you right now, sudden, Good breaks are coming your way. The job you wanted and couldn't get, you're going to get. The promotion that you got passed by is coming your way. The healing you needed, it's coming your way. The prodigal child that has never answered the phone, it's going to answer the phone. And your marriage is going to find new ground again. I'm telling you good news today. I'm preaching to you something you should shout and you should say, "Amen, amen, amen." I want a good break. I want a good break for my family, for my children, for my job, for my friends, for my city, for my church. I am in the place where good breaks are coming my way. Good breaks. You know, I'm sure someone said to Joseph before it all broke for good, Joseph, don't be discouraged. I know you've been left behind. I know the baker forgot, the butler forgot. I know things are just always going wrong for you, but I'm telling you, Joseph, There's some sovereign good breaks coming your way. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to talk to someone today. Any opportunity, like a waitress at a restaurant or to go out or wherever, and just out of the blue, I want you to look at the menu and then say to the waitress, a good break is coming my way. She says, what are you talking about? Suddenly, I'm going to start experiencing good breaks. They're on their way right now. And all of these good breaks are going to affect my life. I'm in line for good breaks. They're coming my way. And I'll tell you right now, you're in line for good breaks. I'm praying for you to have good breaks because good breaks are coming your way also. The devil is a liar. The devil is a thief. The devil will keep your tongue tied up where you won't profess anything, you won't say the positive you won't quote the scripture I want you to quote the scripture lay hands on yourself, look yourself in the mirror and prophesy to yourself, if no one else will give you a word, give yourself a word (laughs) prophesy to yourself in the morning good breaks, come in my way ooh, hallelujah it sounds good good breaks, mom what are you doing Getting ready for what? Good breaks. Good breaks are coming my way. What you meant for harm, God is going to use for good. Good breaks are coming my way. What you stole is going to be restored to me. Good breaks are coming my way. I almost want to preach. I'm trying. I'm trying to get you to just get lifted up a little bit. And just right out of that cave, that dungeon, that pit, that place. For you just to lift up a little whisper and say, good breaks, you're coming my way. I can't believe it, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it to the family. I'm going to say it to everybody around me. The outcome's going to be awesome. The breaks are coming my way. God is turning things around. There's coming a new spirit in me and on me and around me. And my finances, you know what? I'm going to have money to help a lot of people because good breaks are coming my way. And I'm going to bless the church. I'm going to bless everyone around me. Say, Frank, you sound like a positive preacher. Are you one of these word of faith preachers? I don't know what you want to call word of faith, positive or too positive or, you know. Jeez, it's a lot better than negative. It's a lot better than unbelief. It's a lot better than doubt. It's better for your mental capacity and mental health to actually have a positive mindset. It's better for you to believe God than the world, the culture, or the lies around you. It's better for you to line up to the Word of God and begin to say, I am chosen. I am blessed, I am favored of the Lord. The Lord's opening new doors for me. The Lord's outpouring wealth on top of me. There's things coming my way, there's breaks coming my way. Of course I go through hard times, of course I go through the valley. But when I go through the valley, the Lord makes a table for me, right in the face of my enemies. And my cup runneth over right through the valley. I know I face circumstances, but I will not become and be defined by any of those circumstances. Why? Because. I serve the God of turn around and God of turning me around my attitude around my perspective around he's working he's working he's working here's scripture for you Isaiah 43 18 and 19 now again you and I are in the room Patrick we're in the room together and Patrick's come in And Patrick's doing the same thing he's done for the last six counseling sessions. He's telling me all the past or every time I meet Patrick for coffee, He starts with the same, same, same past. You know, I was really messed up. And, you know, I've been abused. And you know what? I've been taken advantage by people. And I don't know why, but certain things never work out for me. And, you know, I had this and I had that. And my family wasn't good. You know, life wasn't good. My neighborhood wasn't good. My dog wasn't good. My car wasn't good. Everything was against me. I listen to this now four, five, six times. But there comes a time after you have coffee with the person that always lives in the past. That you stop them and you say to them, Isaiah 43, verse 18, this is what you say to them Forget about what happened. Turn your neighbor and say, Forget what happened. Come on, come on, preach to your neighbor right now. Forget what happened. I want you to tell your neighbor, Quit going to the past, quit talking about it all the time. Huh? Come on, talk to each other. Some of you are not talking to anybody. Okay, now you're done. I'm on. Forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. It's bursting out. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? I'm making roads for you in the desert and rivers in the badlands. It's bursting out. So forget about whatever yesterday was and last year and 10 years and 20 years. Forget about it. It means nothing. Your past means nothing. You can't redig it. You can't relive it. And you can't change it. So you might as well start today to change your future. And the way you change your future is forget about what happened. Another translation says, but the Lord says, I call these the clingers, the cleons. Do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened so long, long time ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's already happening. Can't you see it? I'm making road for you. I'm bringing fresh water to you. Why can't you see it? I'll tell you why you can't see it. It's because you only look the wrong way. You look at circumstances the wrong way. You look at the path the wrong way. My grandchild, whenever I don't give her the proper attention, her name is Quinny. And Quinn, if I'm looking at my iPad and she's sitting on my lap and we're in my chair and, and I know she's there, I'm hugging her, but I'm doing something else. She will take my face <laughs> and she will turn it. What do you want, Quinn? She'll turn it. she said, say, Papa, pay attention to me. <laughs> okay. Then she'll turn it again. No more iPad, Papa pay attention. I think God, through the Holy Spirit this morning, is putting his hand on your face and saying, (laughs) quit looking backwards. Come on, turn your head. Turn your head. I know it's new for you. I know it's new for you. But if you would turn your head out in front of you, it's bursting out. All kinds of great things and new things and faith things. And your future is so wonderful, so awesome. And what God can do. He is the, He's the God that can make bananas grow on telephone poles. He is the God that makes paths through the Red Sea. He's the God. So I turn to my future with that perspective. It's going to be good. Bursting out already. It's coming to me right now. Better than ever before. Forget all that. This is another translation. It is nothing. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Your past has no comparison to your future. I'm about to do something new. I've already begun. And you're going to see it. I want you right now to shout out with me. I see it. I, see it. I want everyone to say it. I see it. What do you see? What do you see? Come on, someone stand up and shout at me. What do you see? What do you see? Tell me what you see. Okay, got it. What'd you say? A wife? You're single? All right. Huh? I want I want all the single women to stand. No. It says that God is the author of giving spouses. He doesn't want you to dwell alone. There's a woman come in your way. Prepare for, save your money. Because she will spend all your money. So you need to save a lot of money. What else do you see for the future? Come on. What do you see? Stand up and shout at me. What do you see? All right. But you didn't stand. But you said it loud enough. Someone else. In the back. Anybody else? I see the turnaround. I see the turnaround. Come on. Come on. Now, you will never forget. You might forget a lot of things about church, but you'll never forget the day you stood up and say, I see a wife. I see a turnaround on my finance. I see healing. I see, I see... Something breaks in you when you align to the word of God and you begin to say it. Say it. I see it. A bright future. A wonderful future. Everything is coming together. Now, 219, 220, 221. Is this a minus? Where is my friend Rachel? Rachel, interpret for me. Tongues and interpretation here. Uh... It's a minus. Oh my god. I already used up the extra minutes you gave me. Okay. Okay, I'm just about to end. Just just a few more points. And we will be out of here. Will you allow me to have five more minutes? Okay, five more. Is that okay, Rachel? Thank you, Rachel. Uh, what kind of people sitting in front of me right now need a turnaround right now? Let me just say them real quickly. I'm just going to say the different kinds of people that need this. Number one, people who need a rekindling of their fire. You need a turnaround. First Samuel 2.8 eight. He puts poor people on their feet again. He's talking about Jehovah, Yahweh, God. 1 Samuel 2.8. He puts poor people on their feet again. He rekindles burned out lives with fresh hope. Restoring dignity and respect to their lives. He gives them a place in the sun. I want to see your fire rekindled. Two people that are drained of strength. Job 4.4 talking about Job and then about God. Your words have put stumbling people on their feet and put fresh hope in people that were about to collapse. You have been that person who put strength into people that were ready to collapse, but now you need some impartation. Three. Three. People who have been like a tree that's been chopped down. Message translation, Job 14, 7, for a tree there is always hope, for a tree there is always hope, for a tree there is always hope. Chop it down, and it still has a chance. If its roots touch water, and then it says a few verses later, even if the roots, this is in your Bible, even if the roots smell the water, Not even touch it. Smell it. Root smelling water. The tree will live again. I'm telling you right now that the Holy Spirit is upon you and you can smell the new water coming your way. Your roots are going to sprout again. Your tree is going to sprout again. You're going to have hope again. Even though the tree was chopped down, it's not going to stay down. It's going to sprout right out of a... A uh, 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 tree root that are rotten, and you can't see any way for that tree to grow, but by the breath of God, the water of God, your tree's going to grow again. How about this one? People have been ground down, grinding. Job fourteen nineteen Stones wear smooth and so- soil erodes as you relentlessly grind down. Some people just get ground down. but then God. How about this one? People who have stopped too soon. Came to pass when the vessels were full, 2 Kings 4, 6, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's no more vessels. And it says in your Bible, so the oil stopped. Because they didn't collect enough vessels. They didn't prepare for a full-on outpouring. They just prepared for their need. They stopped too soon. How about the king who smote the ground with the arrows? And the prophecy said, smite the ground and God will move for you. And he smote the ground three times. And the prophet says, I'm angry with you king said, why? Why did you stop at three times? Now you will not defeat the enemy the way he would have been defeated because you stopped too soon. Now we're going to have to go through this all over again, all because you were too lazy to keep beating the ground. I'm saying to you, don't stop soon. Take your faith and beat the ground. Collect your vessels. Water that tree. Believe God to turn things around. And God will not disappoint you can I hear an amen, amen. alright church we've had fun we've had communication been a wonderful time just to impart the word here's what we'll do go ahead and close your Bibles and turn off your devices or whatever stand to your feet Those who need a supernatural turnaround absolutely seriously right now in your life with one of the points that I've given you on being burned out, chopped down, somehow almost eliminated in a crisis. I want you to just step out real fast and come to the altar. Just step out real fast right now as a step of faith and just come to the altar right now. And you're saying, I need to turn around today, today, right now. It needs to start. From this day forward, Haggai 2.19, from this day forward, there came a from to the future. From this day forward. We're marking the calendar today, February 26. From today, we're believing for supernatural turnaround. We're believing for some break to start coming our way. We're believing that whatever chopped us down will not keep us down. Just stand and receive. What the Holy Spirit is saying to you. While they're doing that, and some people are still, does it mean anything to step out and do this? I'm not sure for everybody how much it means, but I'll tell you what it is an act of faith. It is at least saying, I'm stretching for that. While I'm talking to the altar, let me talk to the rest of the congregation. If you're here today and you have never turned to Christ or you turned to Christ and you're now ready to come back to Christ and you hear my words on what comes with that kind of a turnaround and you say, Frank, I'm a person that needs to turn to God first time or prodigal a second time, but I'm here and I'm ready to turn to God. Would you lift your hand? right now in this auditorium if you're that person thank you hon thank you anybody else just lift your hand straight up right now thank you over here anybody else in the back just lift your hand and thank you thank you anybody else just lift your hand straight up and say thank you anyone else just lift your hand up say I'm coming back I'm coming back to God I'm turning so that the Lord can turn my life They will tell you what to do when I finish those that lifted your hands for that so that we can make sure we get it done. Now, church, we are truly going to end right now. I want everybody to just lift your hands straight up to heaven as if you were going to receive something from God right now. So lift your hands straight up to heaven, a stretch of faith it's a, it's a stretching of your heart, lifting up your heart with your hands, the Bible says. So I'm stretching my heart toward God. Father, right now I'm believing for supernatural turnaround to come upon every single one of these precious people that are before us. Lord, I'm praying that you will turn around in their lives personally, family, finance, health, circumstance, being beat down, chopped down, left for dead, in the prisons, in the places where people have forgot them. I'm praying right now that you will turn their life around and they will experience this thing called a good break. Something good, it's coming your way and you are receiving it right now in the name of almighty God. That's something that's coming your way that God promises to his people. The peace you need. The love you need. The forgiveness you need. The root of bitterness being ripped up in your life and never to grow again. Oh God, we give it to you right now. We give you our life. We give you our heart. We give you our expectation. We're going to sing a song and just Lift up our hearts to God.